0: Penguins have these next few days off because the Devils got the virus and the two home games that were supposed to be played tonight and Thursday have been postponed. Maybe this time would be well invested on some math lessons. Good morning to you. Good Tuesday morning. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. This is Daily Shot of Penguins. I also do Daily Shots of Steelers and Pirates if you happen to be into Football slash baseball. This one left a weird taste. The the Penguins losing to the Rangers last night, three to one in New York. It it was a game where I I thought there were continued positive signs from the five-on-five standpoint. The Penguins have their legs under them. The Penguins are making crisp passes. They're approaching the attack aggressively. But what they ended up coming away with in this particular game was a whole bunch of power plays in which they took the exact opposite approach where they just said, eh, you know what, power play. Let's just try something different on the power play. So they did, and you put the same guys out there, and they end up making the same perimeter passes and just bypassing shot after shot after shot after shot. The total damage in this game, there were six power plays, no goals, eight minutes and 35 seconds of total power play time for Pittsburgh, in which they took 17 shot attempts, meaning shots that were blocked, missed, and registered. Seven of those actually registered. In eight minutes and 35 seconds of power play time, they had seven total shots on goal and three high-danger chances created. You know, this isn't all that complicated. All this other stuff that you're doing is a waste of time, is a waste of effort, and you know what else it is? It's a waste of talent. Because if you have just two guys on that power play just two who are generational scorers and can put together goal streaks by accident and they're not shooting the puck what are you doing what are you doing this question came up for jason zucker afterward i think it's you know it's simple you know to say from the outside you know for me staring at the first unit from the bench it's easy to say we need to shoot the puck more but you know teams make changes and they they try to get us off our game and make us make adjustments as well and um you know there were we're we're trying to do that you know it's it's uh, it's definitely a work in progress we're not happy with it um we're not happy with our special teams and um you know we got to we got to keep fixing it I, but you know, I, I believe in the guys in this room that we're gonna work on it, we're gonna work hard on it and hold each other accountable from from guy to guy, from coaches to players and players to coaches. So we gotta make sure that we um you know, we all get better as a cohesive unit. Um and I think, you know, the simple answer is to shoot pucks, but um, you know, we gotta make sure that we're making adjustments and, and finding ways to get those good shots on net. Now see, it's not really fair to ask Zucker about power play one, which is why you probably detected there that he's hedging. He's not on power play one. He's on power play two. You know what power play two does? They come onto the rink and they shoot. Zucker has three goals in the past week, including another one last night. He's anything but the problem. Power play two is anything but the problem. It's power play one that's the killer. And because you have your star talent out there, they stay on the rink for a minute twenty, a minute thirty, and power play two doesn't even get to participate, really. It's a recipe for continuing failure. There's been some narratives about you know, oh, Mark Rey, you know didn't have the imagination. What we need is a power play wizard in here. You bring in Todd Reardon, who's a known power play wizard, and not a thing's changed. You know why? Because Todd Reardon can't go onto the ice. And tell Sid and Gino to shoot, and for that matter, Jake Gensel and Brian Rust. Heck, John Marino was out on power play one, which you would think would be a great opportunity for him. With Chris Latang out, and all he wanted to do was distribute side to side, side to side, everything side to side. Or they would try these lame little soft passes to the middle that the Rangers would intercept and out it went. Awful, just awful. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you by Warrior Alpaca Socks. What makes their socks different is the alpaca fiber used in their construction. It's stronger, softer, far less irritating to the skin, more breathable, hypoallergenic, warmer than wool. This is the time of year for Warrior Alpaca Socks. When you go to their website, warrioralpacasocks.com, use the code DK, to get 15% off your first order. One more time, warrioralpacasocks.com. Use the code DK just for our podcast listeners. Before the game, for what it's worth, Mike Sullivan spoke in what seemed to be a fairly convincing tone about changing the personnel on the power play if that's what it'd take to get results. Nothing of the kind took place. It was the same guys the whole way through killing the Penguins the whole way through because they refused to shoot on a really mediocre, inexperienced goaltender I should probably throw in there, in Alexander Georgiev. They basically handed this kid the easiest W of his life. Do the Penguins miss Patrick Hornquist? Of course they do. And I'm not just saying that because he's got five goals in the Panthers' first six games. When he's healthy, and that's not often, he is exactly that type of player. Nothing that he's doing in Sunrise surprises me. But Hornquist didn't just crash the net. Hornquist didn't just go there for rebounds or set screens. Hornquist would yell and scream at these guys to get him the puck because— He was taking a beating there, and he wasn't about to do it for nothing. And he'd let every one of them hear it because in his eyes, there were no superstars. He couldn't care less. That's just his personality. That's how he's wired. And even then, they wouldn't shoot anywhere near as much as they needed to. Now, with no presence like that, who's going to make them shoot? Who's going to make them... in in their heads, just throw away a possession, because that's how they see it. You wonder why they don't shoot. That's why. They'll see, eh, there's one body there, there's another half a body coming in. doesn't feel all that right. Let me just spin around a little bit and see what else I can find, or buy some time to see if I like something better. Instead of just flinging it there, and then telling everybody else, all the inferiors on your power play, you go get it. If you tried that really <laughs> crude approach that I just described, in that game last night, the Penguins come away easy winners. I liked their overall game. I really did. I, I thought five on five, I thought it was a continuation of the previous game, or the I should say the third period of the previous game. They skated hard. They skated with authority. They made passes that were crisp. They forced the Rangers to retreat consistently. In the third period to start out, the Rangers had a little bit of momentum swing back against the Penguins. But then, you know, again, there was a power play, meaning for Pittsburgh, and they just kept doing the same thing with it. There's a few days now that the Penguins have free, where they could practice in a normal setting over the course of this shortened 56-game schedule that's compacted enough that it's basically just game, day off, game, day off. You are never going to have a period where a coach anywhere could say, hey, let's just focus on doing these two or three things A couple practices in a row. Let's try something here. Let's talk. Let's do some video work. Because everything is just now getting ready for the next game. That game's over. You're back in practice the next day. You're getting ready for the next game. The Penguins are supposed to have a practice today at noon in New York. They're staying there because of the weather at Madison Square Garden. I would do nothing other than drop out two full buckets of pucks and put power play one out there and have them be forbidden from more than two or three consecutive passes. Just grip it and rip it. At least that has a chance to work. This thing they're doing has no chance. When we come back, just one question. Welcome back. It's time for Just One Question. If you'd like to leave one, you can do so by visiting DK Pittsburgh Sports. Find the article that accompanies this podcast and just drop it right there in comments. This segment of Daily Shot is brought to you always by the good people at the Greater Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. They're committed to providing food for all of our neighbors in need in western Pennsylvania. They're here for you when you need them. Go to pittsburghfoodbank.org slash get help to find food near you. Today's Just One question comes from Brian, who asks, DK, if by some miracle all the Penguins defensemen are healthy again, tomorrow, who are you putting with Marcus Pedersen on the bottom pairing? Well, the first thing I have to say is you're kind of loading the question there by putting Marcus on the bottom pairing. I'm not sure he'd be there. If you presume that the Penguins – all healthy would go immediately with Chris Tang and Brian Dumoulin as a top pairing, and that's a safe presumption. And you further presume that John Marino is your next best right-handed defenseman, and he's regularly paired with Pedersen. You might be looking at a Marino-Pedersen second pairing, and then you're looking at Pierre-Olivier Joseph and either... Cody, CeCe, or Chad Ruedel. Chad didn't have the best game last night, taking a couple of penalties, including flipping the puck over the glass. He's done that a few times too often in his career. But he's been overall really good. CeCe's been a pleasant surprise. I mean, for somebody who everybody was burying in both Ottawa and Toronto, he hasn't really looked out of place back there. most of the defensemen have actually performed pretty well, the replacement guys. But everybody healthy is a is a different beast because I didn't even mention you Ricola. So in all likelihood you'd be looking at Rue weedle and Ricola being left out. And I know I I can hear you. You're asking about Mike Matheson. What where what, what Matheson? You forgot about Matheson. I didn't forget about him. The problem is is that he's the wildest of wild cards here. I mentioned Hornquist's production in the first segment and fair or not, he's attached to that trade. It's Matheson for Hornquist and it's contract for contract. Same dollar amount. Matheson's coming here for six million a year and it's a big commitment. Uh, It's easy to say, well, Jim Rutherford's not the GM anymore, so don't worry about that. You can just bench him or scratch him, and it's not like you'd be hurting the GM's feelings or wounding him in any way. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You still have the contract. You still have the player, and it's still incumbent on you as an organization to try to get the best out of that player. I don't think that Mike Sullivan was just blowing smoke when he praised Matheson's potential. I don't think he was just sucking up to the boss. You know what I mean? He is an exceptional skater. He has a significant offensive skill set, and he does some weird things in his own end. And he tends to be on the ice for uh, an unwieldy amount of goals against. Coaches at all levels will tell you that you can teach defense. You can instruct defense. It's not always true. But they'll tell you that. So the Penguins aren't about to give up on Mike Matheson. The question is, if you have all these guys that I just mentioned. By the way, it's nine total. What are you doing with them? Uh, That's where you do need to make some kind of move or moves. If you're the Penguins interim GM or you're the Penguins full-time GM, and for what you're talking about here, Brian, we're probably getting into full-time territory, whether that's Patrick Alvine or whoever it is that they would bring in from the outside. Because Dumoulin went on LTIR yesterday, long-term injured reserve, means he's going to be out for a good while. So this scenario that we're talking about isn't going to be in play for months. But when it is, move somebody. Move Dumoulin. I'm dead serious. I say that with all kinds of respect for everything that he's done in Pittsburgh, two-time champion, uh, really underappreciated part of the championship teams, not just on the ice, but also a vocal leader off the ice move them move them because you know what you're not doing in this whole equation you know what you're not doing you are not sitting poj you're not doing it there is no chance of that happening there's no chance that this management team or a subsequent management team or this coaching staff can watch that kid out there right now and think Yeah, as soon as we get guys healthy, we're just going to sit him. No chance. Really, really good question, Brian. I appreciate that. I appreciate everybody listening, and we'll do this again tomorrow. That's the point. Point Park University.